Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> Are you a criminal as well? Have you committed treason too? You have you have you helped with the Russia stuff? What can you tell me about Russia? Yeah, what what can you tell me about Russia? Scum! Russian scum! You know you work for a fascist, right? Get your hard fascist ass out of here! You work for a fascist. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You know what? You can ask anyone about that. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, and I am flanked on my right, just like Sean Spicer. I, too, work for a fascist. (laughs) That's my co-host right there, the wonderful, always lovely Ava Blonde. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Coming at you live after uh, escaping the belly of one beast, diving back into the original. Back in in Seattle, Washington. Welcome back stateside. Uh, I want to hear about your trip back uh, in just a moment. Uh, It will be just the two of us tonight. We are working diligently to get some big names to appear on this podcast, but believe it or not, uh, some people have better things to do than guests on this show. Who could believe that? (laughs) I don't believe it. Come on. I think they watched The Walking Dead or something like that. Anyway. uh, Stay tuned. Yeah, well, it's, it doesn't help that we schedule this against the most popular TV show, or one of the most. Anyway, uh, we are working for those big gets, uh, and we hope to have one on soon. So you'll have to deal with just this duo tonight, but uh, who can get enough of this duo anyway, of course? Uh, we do have plenty of topics for you. We're going to discuss this hilarious decision, at least I find to be hilarious, uh, out of this Hawaiian judge putting a temporary stop to Trump's Second travel ban, the updated travel ban. Uh, we're going to talk about Rachel Maddow's Trump tax reveal, but um, but unlike her, we're just going to dive into it. We're not going to delay for 20 minutes. We're not going to go on a big tangent and hype it up to be something it's not, which uh, was quite <laughs> an amazing display this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, some social media censorship in Germany. You've got that story. Uh, what's going on with um, about what's going on with potential actual law against quote-unquote hate speech on social media and uh speaking of germany the handshake that would have been could have been should have been just imagine what it could have been that's uh that's the handshake between german chancellor angela merkel and donald trump that didn't happen we'll have to figure out wasn't was it uh, an intentional snub or was it just uh trump having kind of a senior moment we'll figure it out uh, plus, Amy Schumer. There's more to say about Amy Schumer after last week's discussion. She's back. Uh, she's calling us out for the alt-right trolls that we are. Uh, sorry. Sorry about your ratings, Amy. Don't I know. say that. <laughs> no, we got to keep it clean with all this media attention on me. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, too, in a minute. Um, I'm I'm saying Amy says all the criticism is alt-right trolls. Hey, if I'm an alt-right troll, fine, whatever. No, that's you called us thing. alt-right trolls. I didn't one-star it. No, I didn't watch what, it, so. Whatever. I'm saying Amy's. You're getting, you're paranoid. You're getting paranoid <laughs> right now. Anyway, um, 
the other thing I got, it's uh, it's another week, so there's another eyebrow-raising transgender story for us to get through. Actually, a couple. One that's new and one that's old that I dug up, so we will get to that. It will be all this and more in your favorite hour listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is Beauty and the Beta at gmail.com. Remember, there's more of the show on the audio platforms too. iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get us and you can get more of this show. So, um, to start the show, we always have to do our corrections. Uh, our little <laughs> fake news <laughs> fake news bits. Um, I, I was a, a propagator of fake news this week. Uh, on, the, on the call-in show on Wednesday, I said this. But it's because they were kicking ass within, you know, amongst a bunch of other people that weren't on steroids. That's why it was so good. Yeah, I guess. I don't Who know. wants just, to watch I mean, a roided They still out have team. much bigger home runs and dunks and whatever. That's true. If, if everyone was on performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. It's so similar to like why a lot of people don't watch women's basketball. Because they can't because dunk. Like, yeah, they can't dunk. Well, it turns out my friend, my friend Holy Biju corrected me. Uh, as of 2014, 11 dunks have been scored in WNBA play. The first and second were scored by Lisa Leslie. Uh, those were back in 2002, July 9th, 2005 was the other one. Uh, other WNBA dunks have been scored by Michelle Snow, Candace Parker, Sylvia Fowles. Uh, I stand corrected. The WNBA can indeed dunk. I'm sorry the reputational damage I've done to the WNBA, but rules are rules. You are fake news. Very fake news. Okay. So I got that taken care of. Uh, Feels good. Nice. You want to, uh, we should look at some of the artwork that we got this week, which was very good. Uh, We'll run through that quickly. Uh, this isn't artwork, but actually, so listener Kevin sent me this, uh, Kevin got his mug, his patron reward mug. Uh, and that looks very cool. Uh, so thank you, Kevin. Thank you for supporting the show. If you're interested in some of the patron reward packages, check us out on Patreon. That's linked in the description. Uh, feed fancier sent us this artwork of you in this. Um, I don't even know. I don't know how to characterize this, but this cool armor, and uh and shield and spear and stuff and he actually did this a while ago and i (laughs) i forgot to share it on the show so it's delayed but it's very cool artwork thank you feed fancier looks awesome this um we got a couple comic book covers yeah this one is awesome this one is from uh listener logan woke comics number 64 beauty and the beta this week on beauty and the beta the gang takes on their strongest foe yet how will they defeat the villainous c word it's a little bit hard to see (laughs) in low resolution maybe but that's hillary clinton back there screaming about hot sauce and um you know what i appreciate about this is this uh this artist has done a great job giving us both some nice augmentation i really appreciate that yeah Uh, totally yeah making us look look at those tatas on me and your big arms oh man Imagine I such wish. a world. I know. <laughs> I love this artwork. This is like the, some of the best artwork we've ever gotten. This is really cool. This is really cool work. So thank you, Logan. Um, Facepalm Reality, our guy Facepalm Reality sent us this other comic book cover, Base Stickman and the League of Soros, uh, which I thought was very nicely done. Very nice. cool. Very cool there. Uh, thank you, Facepalm Reality. Uh, and then I got this bizarre meme of sorts in my mentions. Listener Michael uh, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. 
And it is a picture of me, I think, eating an imaginary burger while describing Amy Schumer last week, repeated over and over with the Wendy's Pepe in the background and God knows whatever else. So my response to him was, drugs, question mark? It appears that drugs are what he's doing with his life. And he replied, <laughs> uh, yeah, it checks out. And uh, there's an image of the pills he takes, uh, graced with our, with our lovely faces. Uh, so thank you for that, Michael. Uh, if you got cool artwork or dank memes for us, send them our way on Twitter, and uh, we're happy to share them on the show. Thanks to everyone who does that. Okay. Um, what else I got? We got a couple small uh, items I wanted to get to at the top of the show. You just came back from Europe. I did. And on Wednesday, you mentioned that you had kind of a unfortunate encounter on the plane. I wanted to hear this story. I saved it for today oh. instead of... <laughs> I forgot about this. Instead of Wednesday. Oh boy, are you, you're talking about my migraine, right? Uh, the mig the migraine I think led to something else, as I recall. Oh yeah. Okay. So I flew Wow <laughs> Air. It's these big pink jets, and all the stewardesses are just smoking hot. They're wearing these tight pink dresses. They all look like Russian models. Um. So I get a migraine on the plane on my way home from. Uh, I was in Iceland and flying to San Francisco. And so I, I feel like I'm going to vomit. I know, I know I am. And so I have to go up to this like beautiful, perfect makeup, perfect hair, pink dress, hot chick and be like, do you have a bag I can throw up in? And so she gives me a bag and I like, uh, she's like touching my back and I'm just, <laughs> just throwing up. <laughs> God, this is so embarrassing. She was checked it, on me a few times. So the, was it clean? Flight. Like, did you get this done cleanly or did you, uh, was there a little bit of a mess to deal with? No, no. It was, I like got off into the little corner in the bathroom and she was back there. And so I wasn't oh, like in so front of all the, like in your seat or anything. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I, I, I could tell it was going to happen. So yeah, that was, that was super embarrassing. Um, That's yeah. And then I came bad. back to America. I, I was expecting and... it to be way more embarrassing. That is have you, terrible. Have you ever barfed on a plane before? No, no. I don't this think I my, have. This is my first time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have, but I've definitely seen more embarrassing or I don't know about seeing, but heard more embarrassing. Um, I don't know. Call them what you want. Personal hygiene moments on a, on a plane. <laughs> I've heard way worse than that. Oh, good. Way good. worse than that. That makes me feel a little bit better. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I just wish nobody saw me. Um, and then I got back to Seattle and like one of the first things I saw across the street from my Airbnb, somebody has that... Um, that poster in their window of that woman in the American flag hijab. And so oh, I was yeah. greeted with that. I'm like, well, somehow this is still less cut than Europe. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's so welcome back. Um, that is Thank you. actually not the big news for you this week, though. The big news, we had spoken about this privately. I wasn't sure you wanted to talk about it publicly, but since you have, I, I'm kind of eager to talk about it, to be honest. Uh, I'll let you actually, well, um, no, I don't have that soundbite. I thought I had a drum roll. I don't. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> give the audience the news about a, a rather interesting media inquiry that you received this week. Um, I did. I got a daily show request for an interview this week and it like stopped me cold in my tracks. I was totally panicked. So I didn't put out a, a video for like a, a week and a half um, just because I was sitting on this information like, oh my God, I'm on their radar. They're going to come for me. Oh my God, they're going to ruin me. So I was been totally freaking out about it. Um, I passed on the interview request uh, because I'm fairly certain that the, that this is like a setup. You know, I watched um, Peter Schiff talk about the four hours that he did with them and they pulled out like 30 seconds or a minute. And then I watched Gavin, um, what they did to him and they did the same thing to Tommy Laren. And I was like, mm -mm, no deal. Like I, and I just wonder why I only have 55,000 subscribers. I'm like, 
man, this seems tactical to me and I hate to be tinfoil hat, but it seems like they are trying to get ahead of growing alternative media folk, yeah. especially women. And, and uh, I will also point out, you did your research. Like this email address is legit. This person is a producer on the show. Yeah, this is yeah. not, this doesn't appear to be fake. Uh, no, and the way, the way she phrased it, it made it sound like, um, like I wasn't going to be the only ones. I'll, I'll read this for you. I'm a producer on Comedy Central's The Daily Show. We are working on a segment about bipartisan politics, and we are looking for well-versed and passionate political personalities to interview. If you're at all interested in participating and being interviewed on camera, give me a call at X. FYI, the segment's set to film in Connecticut next Thursday. We can discuss travel options later. Um, so it's, it sounds to me like they were gonna, and, and their studios in New York, they were going to fly me to Connecticut. So it sounds to me like they were trying to get like a montage of alternative media people going. Yeah. Um, it, Some it would, kind of pre-taped, like, cut up, cut up thing. It, Not yeah, like a Tommy like Warren debate montage. with, with, right, um, right, right, with right. what's his face, uh, um, Trevor Noah. But I think that in, in that format with Trevor Noah, you would have a much better opportunity for transparency. Yeah, although, I mean, the heat of that particular moment, that is the benefit of Tommy's situation is you can't really be edited necessarily, like live on stage as it broadcasts. You can't really be right. taken out of context, at least on the show. But, ooh, man, the heat of that moment has got to have you shaken a little bit. I'd be nervous. Yeah, for sure. yeah. That girl's fearless, though. Something about her and Ann Coulter, they just think that, like, leftist ridicule is hilarious they don't need food or water they just need the left to laugh at them and yeah. it just fuels them tommy's gonna be a mom though someday not ann that's the difference <laughs> between them <laughs> that's true yeah but i just don't but, think but I, by I choice by the way i don't want that to be criticism of ann like by choice no i'm not saying that ann like yeah although I we don't like, know her story yeah, yeah yeah i just what i love about her is like this uh just her it's it's an endearing coldness you know what I mean? I don't know how I to describe do. I it. I know that. I know that sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've, uh, as someone who was not a fan of her previously uh, and is kind of a, a casual fan of her now, I've grown to appreciate that about her. Yeah. Um, in any case, you and I were kind of this. It was interesting because we had opposite reactions to this news. Your Your take was absolutely not. I am not doing this. And my take was, yeah, you should do it 100 <laughs> percent. No, so I just absolutely to... not. I mean, yeah, it's explain, suspicious, explain especially because of my channel size. Like I said in the video that I made about this today, um, I'm not Sargon. I don't have like 600,000 subscribers where, you know, they really want to talk to me to see what I'm what I'm thinking. They It sounds like they wanted a panel of small-ish YouTubers to do this to. They wanted it to be alternative media. I'm sure they sent this email out to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm dying to know who. If so, if you hear anybody else talk about this. Um, yeah. But I uh, don't think that they have good intentions. I mean, The Daily Show is notorious for their hack job editing and, and liberal bias. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Do you remember when we were in Cleveland at the RNC and Milo's party um, was at the uh, on campus at Cleveland State? And we walked outside. I think the party shut down at like 1 a.m. Maybe oh, it was 2. yeah. I but The Daily Show that. was out there soliciting interviews on the spot with young, drunk, good time, party time, pr presumably conservative youth to me, like trying to get them in a soundbite trap at a, yeah. at a time where they're walking out intoxicated. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it seemed, I don't know. I mean, I, I, from what I'm told that was, there was a big Breitbart article about it because 
was Breitbart or somebody else, insisted on recording them while they were recording other people. And the producers from Comedy Central got all pissed at them and tried to push them out. And it's like, it's a public space. I'll record it if I want. What they were trying to do is protect people who are getting interviewed in the way you're describing. Yeah, definitely. And so I did email them back. I initially said, I just emailed them back. It just said pass. And then today I wrote them an email and I was like, I will reconsider this if I can bring my own camera crew and then I'll post the raw interview on my channel and a few other YouTubers channels. Um, we can compare the footage, but I know they're not gonna, they're not gonna answer. Well, and I should have said that because in making my case, because my, my position of absolutely yes, do it depends on your ability to at least record audio. I want the video too. I mean, and I want to show how they edit things. I mean, you know, the magic of editing, you can make a garbage video pretty good in editing. I mean, you can make people say things that they didn't say. And what they did to Peter Schiff is they would ask him like a leading question and then they would take his answer that was kind of a predictable answer and then um, edit it so that it was the answer to a different question. Yeah. And okay. they're really, well, and, and that's, I mean, that's, if that happened, that's absolutely wrong. And that would be something. He broke it down s- in this hour long video point by point. They really yeah. did that to him. So, and, and this is, this builds into my point because I still stand by my absolutely yes, presuming you can record it. And the reason I say that is because I kind of, if you think of a spectrum of outcomes here, the, the best case scenario, which granted not very likely, but let's think of the best case scenario. Best case scenario is you go on, you have a, you knock it out of the park performance wise, you present some good points that'll make the audience think. Now I know that's pie in the sky and they're not likely to allow you to present those good points that will make their audience think. So on the spectrum to worst case scenario, they do what you just described where they not only edit you unfairly, but they smear you, they treat you in a completely ridiculous, unfair way. Well, in that case, presumably we have the ability to demonstrate how they did that. I trust the YouTube community. I think you could make a video that would challenge them on it. I certainly would be interested in that. I think YouTube and the alternative media have the power in this relationship. I'm not afraid of them in that in that power exchange. The mainstream media, Comedy Central. Yeah, they have their like their their left-wing sheeple. But in Yeah, terms- but look at what they did to Tommy Laren who fucking wiped the floor with Trevor Noah. I don't know if you watched that, but I was so embarrassed for him. And then every headline that I saw was like, Trevor Noah gets Tommy Laren in a corner. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Are we watching gonna, the same thing? They're going to write that stuff. The same thing they did with um, Jim Jeffries and Pierce Morgan. Jim Jeffries destroys Pierce Morgan. <laughs> Fuck That's off. True. Like, yeah, okay. You, they can write that. But the question is, is it persuasive? And I don't think their case would be persuasive. I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they write me back and tell me that I can bring one person to uh, to film, and I and I might I might do that. Yeah, um, see if they'll pay for me to come film it. <laughs> that's go. a great idea. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go if they pay for it, but I'm not. I'm not paying out of pocket. Oh, and okay. this also came on the heels of another interview request from Harper's Magazine with oh, right. um, uh, the author she wrote for HuffPo and Vanity Fair and The Guardian, and so I got these interview requests like within a week of each other, and I was like, oh my god. They found me. They know. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of freaking out about this. Well, yeah. I mean, that, but that's inevitable. I, mean, we, I think about that all the time. You record this. You make your YouTube videos and stuff. We just put it out there. We don't really know where it goes. You see numbers, but who knows who's yeah. actually watching it? We don't have a way to measure that, really. So yeah, that's uh, true. And especially as your influence grows, eyes of influence are going to get on it, including those people. So I don't... It's... Just philosophically, I want the fight with these people. I don't want to hide. I want the fight. And I know that's easy for me to say because I'm not the one who was invited to go under the bright lights and actually 
put my ass on the line here. So it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, I'd a hundred percent do it. Um, <laughs> but I, you don't have any specific tweets that you need to walk back. Well, there, though, there so. is, uh, <laughs> I, you did make the point in your video that maybe I have slightly less to hide or, uh, conceal or whatever, or atone for. <laughs> yeah, but they can twist it. I mean, look, you can go on my Twitter feed and you can find horrendous things I've said to people either in jest or in response to people who have sort of said horrendous things to me. Twitter feeds are useful at times, but in my personal practice, I try not to gather too much information from them because you never, it's, it's limited in its length and it's, it's contextually ambiguous a lot of the time. So it's not that I say, it's not to say I never use tweets in building a case, but a case built entirely on tweets. Hmm, I don't know. Don't, don't confuse a, a tweet with a political manifesto. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, you know, we'll let, we'll let people, uh, decide or think about what the best course of action would be. I'd love to hear if people have ideas. You can email us. You can tweet us. Should Blonde, well, it might be too late now, but what? how should Blonde have responded? We'll see. Um, you want to talk about the uh, the travel ban decision? Because this is my, this is the story of the week to me that I haven't talked about yet. And I'm so eager to talk oh, about yeah, it because it's yeah. so goddamn silly. This is just so ridiculous. So I was seeing red when I was reading that Seattle Times article yeah, today. I was well, just what, like, oh. <laughs> Right. We were uh, doing the show prep and like catching up on some of these stories. I think you said I have a rage vein swelling. I, I did. This, this is pulsing vein. I was just reading uh, this article like, Ugh. oh, my so you God. Read, I read it and I start laughing out loud. You How it, is you this get... funny? It's such a miscarriage of justice. It's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> again, we'll let the audience decide uh, enraging or uh, comedy genius. Let's figure it out. Uh, so just to set the, the context here, you may recall the original travel ban. I think that was signed in January. It was There were some things that were unclear about it, uh, and it was challenged in court by that Seattle judge. Right. Uh, rather than fighting it through appeal, the Trump administration decided, eh, this, some of these legal questions are just due to our ambiguity and how we've written this. Let's just write a better one and not deal with the court battle. So they did that. The second travel ban was signed earlier this month. The differences are, so Iraq has since been removed. Remember, there were seven countries um, under a temporary right, travel right. restriction. Iraq is now removed. They cited uh, Iraq's improved security and its efforts against ISIS. So Iraq, you're welcome back. Uh, the second travel ban is much clearer on who it applies to. So absolutely no citizens, US citizens will be affected. Uh, some people have dual citizenship and the first one was kind of unclear about how mm -hmm. it would apply to them. Also no green card holders af uh, affected. So if you are in the US legally under whatever under whatever structure you might've been previously, you're good. It, this applies to basically newcomers, is more or less a clean way of thinking about it. Uh, Syrian refugees are no longer banned indefinitely. They were previously, I believe they're still temporarily banned. There is a, a, a temporary uh, restriction on this. While we figure out what the hell is going on, I think that's the way <laughs> Trump says it. Uh, it doesn't prioritize Christians. The old one prioritized Christians in uh, who to accept. This one doesn't. And this one creates explicit case-by-case -case waivers that the Secretary of State and Homeland Security can grant. So if there's some sort of weird special case like that, there was that Iranian baby, I think, that was trying to get in. Remember to get life-saving surgery? Oh, yeah, 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 I remember. Keith Olbermann talked about it. So this creates a, a specific formal structure for case-by-case uh, -case waivers to be granted. So again, nobody's a lawyer here, but I, I'm not clear how this could possibly be unconstitutional. 
Uh, to that, we have to go to the state of Hawaii. Uh, who who says that it is? So specifically, this challenge was brought by. What, what's going on here? Why? Oh my my dog is drinking water. Sorry. <laughs> It looked like, I don't know, it looked like some disaster was impending. <laughs> um, so the Hawaii Attorney General, this guy named Doug Chin, brings uh, brings the challenge to uh, within the, the uh, district court uh, in Hawaii, federal district court in Hawaii, uh, and says that this is unconstitutional. We'll get to that in a moment in terms of the judgment made. You, you referenced this Seattle Times article, and I want to go through that first because the first question is, <laughs> well, why did, why did this guy bring the bring this suit in the first place like what is his basis for trying to get this stopped and there's this one quote in here that i just love so much those who have worked with chin say the reason he is fighting the ban is simple he's kind oh, oh, oh that's he's real kind. special what a nice guy he's, he's so kind it's not that there's a great legal problem with this <laughs> It's not that that there's a clear constitutional problem. We'll see them stretch to grasp one. No, no, it's kindness. And presumably anyone who um, has questions about people entering the country from these broken states, these states that can't provide uh, (laughs) basic vetting of their own citizens, so we can't vet them. It's nothing to do with that. It's just kindness. So if if you have concerns about it, you're unkind is the implication how that any of that has any legal importance don't know but but i sent this to you that was the only quote that i pulled out of this although there are many and when you read through this that's when you got the rage vein so oh yeah which quote was it there were several in here um there's this quote here i know you brought up to me um his motivation is personal uh so this guy's from seattle um chin said he felt as if he was invisible during his time in an overwhelmingly white suburban Seattle high school and wanted to fight for an invisible minority in Hawaii. Muslims. What? (laughs) What? That doesn't make any sense. Because this Muslim ban, uh, it never even says the word Muslim. It just has six states where Muslims happen to live, but they also are incredibly insecure and they're also hotbeds for terror. It's not, it's not Islam, but to the the second (laughs) point he's making, oh, the horror of being an Asian in the Pacific Northwest. How did he do it? There are so many Asians here. The city is filled with Asian people. I don't know why I'm a minority group. It's like, you're like 10% of the population. Shut up. Not to mention, uh, you want to talk about the wage gap and, and privilege, man, those Asians, you know, when we talk about white privilege and the patriarchy, it's the Asians. You got to worry. They're the ones who are the real wage gap beneficiaries. Look it up. They're making a ton of money. It's yeah, the yeah. Asian man, black woman wage gap that we got to be concerned with. <laughs> no one ever talks about that. Uh, there was another part in here. Well, yeah, that's, it's politically inconvenient. Of course, there's another part in here. Uh, so this other, this other lawyer who used to work with him, Jean Ayrton was a fellow Honolulu prosecutor with Chin who started out in traffic court. She said, um, or he had some of the quote, toughest, most God awful trials that we had there. She said, um, these kind, those kinds of cases showed her the worst in humanity, she said, but Chin didn't see them that way. Quote, he's just a kinder person than I am. I don't have as much faith in people as he does. Uh, uh, 
That's the one that gave me the rage vein. I don't really know why. <laughs> I just, it, how about, well, Doug, uh, as the, as the uh, chief uh, law enforcement attorney of the state of Hawaii, saw a conflict between the United States Constitution or the state of Hawaii Constitution and this executive order. And so he brought uh, this, this challenge in court on this basis. And he doesn't think it stands legal muster because of X, Y, and Z, because he's a smart lawyer with a law degree and a, a legal license. And that's why we pay him the big public bucks to solve these difficult questions. Nope. He just has a big heart of gold. Thanks. I didn't know that's how we selected attorneys general. Big hearts of gold. And this whole article is just is just the licking this guy's butt. It's just complimentary, like out the yang, just talking. Oh, he's such a nice guy. Oh, he just did this because he's so wonderful. I I fail to see how this is relevant at all, at all. If these um if the feelings uh are too gushy for you here, uh, get ready because the judge's decision is, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad as this article, but but an article is one thing. You know, the Seattle Times, whatever. They can write whatever they want, but for the for an actual federal judge to write the opinion that was delivered uh, is quite another thing. And it, will this? It's probably not likely to survive appeal. I'm not really qualified to speculate on all that stuff because again, we're not lawyers; we're just laymen reading what um, reading what we can see here as non legal experts. I will say Ben Shapiro's analysis on all of this was was quite well done. Uh, and he's someone I trust on issues like this. So if you want, uh, I'll touch on a lot of his points going through this, but if you want some good analysis on just how absurd this opinion is, check out Shapiro dailywire.com. Uh, but I want to go through this. So <laughs> the, uh, the first, really the first, um, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. So we talk about feelings like the whole, po- the themes in this decision are one, um, how do Muslims feel? And two, <laughs> How does Trump feel about Muslims? Those are the, those are the feelings are going to be the important themes here. So the first question we got to answer, we're talking about this suit is, uh, is, is what grants standing? So the state of Hawaii, you can see a uh, state of Hawaii and this, this doctor, uh, it's not a doctor, I guess a professor. He has a doctorate, uh, Ishmael El Sheik, um, he, he is, uh, the other part the other individual who brought this suit. So the question is, how does the state of Hawaii suffer from this travel ban and how does this mr el sheik suffer from this travel ban now the state of hawaii so this starts let me find it here page 17 the state of hawaii says that you know their university is going to suffer because they can't recruit the best professors they can't recruit the best um the best students there's going to be some tourism loss because of this travel ban Okay, these are plausible things to say. That's within the realm of reason. But the question is, why does this this random uh, this random individual, this Doctor El Sheik, why does he have standing? Uh, he is an American citizen for one, so the travel ban doesn't apply to him explicitly. He's of Egyptian descent, not one of the countries on the list, and he's been a resident of Hawaii for over a decade. Okay. Um, his entire family, his, his wife is, um, of Syrian descent, but I believe it doesn't say here, but I believe that she is actually an American citizen as well. His children are all American citizens. His family are Muslims. His mother-in-law is a Syrian national without a visa. So that is like the closest, (laughs) that is the closest connection he has is a mother-in-law who's a Syrian national 
without a visa. But that doesn't matter um, if you ask the court. So let's find it here. 24. Um, okay, so here's the standing. Like his children, Dr. El-Sheikh is, quote, deeply saddened by the message that both executive orders convey that a broad travel ban is, quote, needed to prevent people from certain Muslim countries from entering the United States. He is deeply saddened. That's special. Deeply saddened. It's just all about the feels today. <laughs> These injuries are sufficiently personal, uh, personal, concrete, particularized, and actual to confer standing in the establishment clause context. Okay, so he's deeply saddened. He is clearly not impacted directly in any way by this travel ban, but that's enough for him to bring suit. That's, that's worry number one. Okay, but then, then we get into the actual reasoning, because even if we dropped this guy off of here, the state of Hawaii could presumably still bring this suit. That's supplementary points of the reasoning. But the, whole, the reasoning in this de decision rests on this nonsensical idea that motivation behind a law, or in this case, an executive order, matters more than the text <laughs> in assessing a, a law's purpose or effect. So this starts on page 31 here. Uh, so the court, um, oh, sorry, that's the wrong quote. Um, Okay, so the government compounds these shortcomings by suggesting that the executive order's neutral text is what this court must rely on to evaluate purpose. Yes, let's read the let's read the text of the executive order and decide does it comply with the Constitution. That's pretty much all that matters. No, 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 no. This judge says a review of the historical background here makes plain why the government wishes to focus on the executive order's text rather than its context. The record before the court is unique. It includes significant and unrebutted evidence of religious animus driving the promulgation of the executive order and its related predecessor. For example, um, in March 2016, Mr. Trump asked, is there a, a war between the West and Islam? It's hard to separate radical Islam from Islam itself. Oh, man. So that's m more than a year ago. Um, in, Ju in a July 2016 interview, Mr. Trump was asked, the Muslim ban, I think you've pulled back from it. You tell me. And Mr. Trump responded, I don't think it's a rollback. In fact, you could say it's an expansion. Uh, people are so upset when I use the word Muslim. Oh, you can't use the word Muslim. Remember this. I'm okay with that because I'm talking about territory instead of Muslim. He also said uh, <laughs> in the debates, like the theme here, there's several quotes. The theme here is that Throughout the course of the campaign, Trump said mean words about Muslims. And so we should evaluate this executive order in the context of mean words he said about Muslims rather than what the executive order itself says. Now, think about the think about that precedent. So presumably this is one of Shapiro's great points that I really like. Presumably, if if Donald Trump had spent a year saying, you know, who's really cool Muslims, they're so cool. Tremendous. Islam, Islam is tremendous. <laughs> Ask anyone. Ask anyone. Best religion around. Then this judge would say, oh, okay, let's evaluate the context. In March of 2016, Mr. Trump said, Islam is tremendous, terrific, the best, really. Believe me. So then that makes the executive order okay because of past unrelated statements. Not only that, like not only is that an absurd way to evaluate uh, a law or an executive order, but... Um, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? 
Oh, I remember now. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's within the context of a presidential campaign. So, I mean, the politicians say exaggerated things all the time right. in presidential campaigns. To me, the context of a campaign is even more worrisome. That's, that's how negotiations start, too. You know, you take a firmer position or a more fringe position, and then someone pushes back on you, and you meet in the middle. I don't like this idea of evaluating presidential candidate campaign statements to see if they're the actual policy that comes of it right. is constitutional or not. Let's just look at the policy. Okay. That doesn't get them to the conclusion <clears throat> that they wanted. Okay. Um, the last point on here uh, that should be noted as well. So the, it, it comes down to that question of, uh, of does this amount to, they're they're making this case under establishment uh, under the establishment clause of the First Amendment. So the establishment clause of the First Amendment says the government's not going to establish a state religion. And the question is, does this does this have any uh, is this in conflict with that? Well, ne- we don't we don't apply First Amendment rights to foreign nationals. Um, yet right. this case seems to let's uh, let's find that quote here. This court. Uh, or this case seems to imply that that is or should be uh, the case. Whoops. My screen drawing got a little out of whack. Let's fix that. Um, the court turns to whether plaintiffs sufficiently establish a likelihood of success in the merits of the count one claim that the executive order violates the establishment clause of the First Amendment because a reasonable objective observer enlightened by the, the specific historical context, contemporaneous public statements, and specific sequence of events leading to its issuance would conclude that the executive order was issued with a purpose of disfavor or to disfavor a particular religion and then they go inside a whole bunch of um of first amendment case law on the establishment clause uh, by the way all that first amendment case law had to do with u.s citizens not oh. <laughs> surprise surprise you know who's always you... driving this home tucker carlson i have seen him make this point with like at least four of his guests that this doesn't I... apply to to non-nationals well and we've done it forever we have had yeah. re- we've had religion as a consideration in terms of who we are going to allow to come here either on a temporary or permanent citizenship basis forever right obviously in the establishment establishment clause context we can't have the u.s government or any state government or any local government saying no um guess what this is a christian government or a muslim government and you're going to adhere to that you can't do that but in terms of saying "Mm, we believe people with this particular philosophy coming from this particular part of the world are more likely to be successful in assimilating to the u.s we've done that always yeah yeah and for like, protection of religious uh, minorities. I think we did it yeah. for Russian Jews, I want to say. Yeah. It's um anyway, we're getting too deep in the woods there, but the, but what's interesting is like this so my favorite uh part of all of this is like the, it, it it it's very flimsy legal standing and heavy on the feelings. Like how did people feel about this? It was did, did, was Trump mean to Muslims and did Muslims like it or not? I I buried the lead actually because um, I should have mentioned this on t- up top. I got an exclusive, big scoop, big scoop. Um, I don't often get these. I got leaked audio, leaked audio from this judge, uh, Derek Watson, Derek Wilson, Derek Watson, I don't know, Derek Watson, leaked audio from his courtroom uh, where he kind of outlines his reasoning um, 
And, uh, and we'll give that a play here. So this is Judge Derek Watson. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. <laughs> feelings. Whoa. Sorry, I gotta get my dumb bits in. That's what this is, though. Derek Watson, this Doug Chin, this is this is what I love. It's virtue signaling from the bench and from the prosecutor's office. How can you think this is funny? Doesn't this frighten you? <laughs> because it's, I guess, yes. Like, I think there are a lot of jokes here to be made. But to your point, um, are there serious implications? Yeah, I think we should be serious. Again, People I trust on this don't seem to think this is going to survive appeal. But if it did, think about the precedence here. So um, past statements, like past statements applying to the interpretation of a law, that's that's a little silly, regardless of where you land on the political spectrum. Um, being sad grants you standing to bring a lawsuit. This sets a very dangerous precedent. You must see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, and, and we just spoke about it before. Foreign, foreign nationals having First Amendment rights or First Amendment. Now, First Amendment protection, if they're here on a legal basis or First Amendment protection in terms of how the government treats them, even if they're here illegally, dealing with them within the judicial system, sure. But guy in Somalia has First U.S. Constitution First Amendment rights? What? Okay. That's insane. That's insane. That, but that's all I got. I hope that um, th that gives... Uh, oh, no, actually, no, it's not. Uh, one more point on it that is actually key, because there is a cherry on top of all of this. I was making the point um, that this is virtue signaling from the bench and from the prosecutor's office, and that is because Hawaii really doesn't... They talk about the, these perceived harms that could happen to them in terms of um, you know, not being able to recruit students and tourism suffering. But they really don't appear to be all that invested in the things that they say because I, I teased it before the show. But take a guess. Take a guess at how many uh, how many refugees uh, have been accepted into Hawaii in the last two years. Oh, thousands and thousands. I'm sure. Oh, surely. Like one of, they gave them one of the islands, Refugee <laughs> Island. I'm sure it's the paradise. Uh, tourism's down at Refugee Island. It's not one of the it's not one of the popular ones. Uh, but. Uh, and Judge Janine did a good job of explaining this, so I just want to play her clip. Uh, by the way, the answer is zero in the last two years. What Hawaii said was, look, this is going to be terrible. It's going to have an incredible impact on our economy because we're not going to have any students coming from these countries. Yeah. Hello, you don't have anyone coming from these countries anyway. I mean, this is the most hypocritical reaction to the president and this and this executive order. But Hawaii, according to this article, does not or has not taken in any refugees. Iran, they, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. None on None, zero. So you know what I think? I think all the refugees should go to Hawaii. And that way, at least I have a nexus, a connection to the lawsuit. Because right now, I don't think they have standing. The Establishment Clause does not allow these people. You do not cloak individuals who are not citizens of the United States, who live in foreign countries. You do not cloak them Judge. with the Constitution of the United States. Okay, so Judge Janine just said what took me like 20 minutes to say in about 30 seconds. So I, <laughs> I defer to Judge Janine. That's all I got on this topic. I do think people should care about it, as you clearly do. I mean, I got the chuckles and you got the rage vein. So 
hopefully it's I don't not know. Do you ever just want to give up though? Like stories like this just exhaust me and deplete me because I'm like, wow, they really have cracked the foundation of this country. They are, they are, they have infiltrated. Well, it's the same. It kind of relates to the sanctuary city reasoning for me, which is like, I get you're trying to be the Doug Chin heart of gold guy where you let everyone, but you got to understand the, the logical extent of your reasoning is anyone can come in whenever they want because they have a right to. Right. Is that, is that the country that you want? Cause I, I'm going to raise my hand with a little few concerns, yeah, few concerns. Absolutely there. Not. Call me unkind. <laughs> I'm not Doug Chin. Call me unkind, but. And a concerned. sad little story about being an, an Asian minority in oh, yeah. Washington. Oh, yeah. For fuck's sake. God. Oh man. Okay. I've wasted enough time on that though. And we're, we only got 15 minutes left in the show. We'll probably, it's going to be a long a show. Bit, might go a little bit long. Cause I do want to get through the things that we had. So uh, I'll hustle up. Um, and we, I don't have to spend a lot of time talking about this because I did a lengthy video on this. People have probably seen it. You can go check out my channel if you want to get my full take on it. But Rachel Maddow's big tax reveal this week. Um, and I, I'm just <laughs> curious to, to hear your reaction to it. But so on Tuesday, Rachel Maddow teases on Twitter, breaking, I have Trump's tax returns, parentheses, seriously. Okay, so everyone freaks out and reacts to that. And then she clarifies, right. oh, oh, it's, it's just um, one ten forty form from 2005. But, you know, be, be there, MSNBC Live, 9 Eastern. Then she gets on air, and it's kind of teased. Chris Hayes before is like, everyone's telling me to shut up and get off the air and get to Rachel. And then she goes on this 20 minute stall fest talking. Well, she about, said, doesn't she say I have a significant breakthrough? Yeah. About- <laughs> you may have heard, she goes, you may have heard. I have the clip here. I'll play in a second. You may have heard significant <laughs> breaking news tonight. And then, um, and then the big reveal is, uh, Trump is very rich and he paid a lot of money in 2000. Oh, let's, let's oh, check out the clip real super quick. Super rich. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. Here, this was Rachel. Good evening, Chris. It's been a little bit of a hullabaloo around here this evening. I apologize for being a little flustered. People literally were tweeting at me, shut up, get to Rachel. (laughs) You may have heard, uh, we've got some significant breaking news tonight. Um, Donald Trump's tax returns have surfaced. What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. We have his federal tax return for one year, for 2005. I believe this is the only set of the president's federal taxes that reporters have ever gotten a hold of. Uh, What we have are these two pages, front and back, from the same 1040 form that you might have filled out when you file your taxes. Um, And in terms of what's on here, let me give you the basics. Um, Aside from the numbers being large, uh, these pages are straightforward. He paid uh, $38 million, looks like $38 million in taxes. Uh, He took a big write down of $103 million, more on that later. Uh, If you add up the lines for income, he made more than $150 million in that year, mazel tov. Ayo. Yeah, and uh, and that's it, that's the big reveal. And then they go on to speculate about what's the Russian connection that he's hiding and, uh, and the alternative minimum tax, which again is kind of broken down in my video, so I'm not gonna get into the, to that detail. But they try to say like, ooh, if he had his way, he'd pay less though. Yeah, but he paid a lot. Yeah, okay. and if everybody had their way, they would pay less. Like everybody, every time they're doing taxes, they find a way to pay the least amount they possibly can legally. It's how every single person does their taxes. It's why H&R Block is a business, yeah. Yeah, it, that's so stupid. <laughs> so what did they prove? They prove that he pays a shitload of money in taxes and he's super rich. 
And that, but that's what's a, such a bummer. And this is what I was trying to get at in my video too, is um, there is a real issue here. I would like to see the tax returns. I wish he would release them. There is a reason why presidents do that. You buried the lead, Rachel. You hyped up this thing that isn't hyped. I agree it is news to the extent she has something that he has been concealing, if you want to put it that way. But just treat it as a regular story on your show. Right. Clearly, there's is not worth the hype here. And it makes it seem almost like the way they presented it made it seem kind of um, it just it was very tinfoily. It was very like birtherism of the left kind of presentation rather than just being like, hey, I got some information. Check it out. It, it sensationalized something that was just not sensational. But the questions I didn't address yet um Big questions. One, who leaked it? Where'd it come from? We know that it was sent anonymously in the mail to David K. Johnston, a, a reporter, um, friend of Rachel Maddow's, but we don't know who sent it. And um, my other you question You know is, who sent it. Well, you know I'll, let, I'll it. let you explain that in a second. <laughs> and the other question is, why did why would Rachel report it in this way? I get that you get these this gigantic viewership on MSNBC for one night, but people like me watch it and I'm like, I, not that I was likely to tune in before, but you've really done damage to your credibility here. So why but would people she... that are longtime fans of Rachel Maddow don't have uh, standards for journalistic integrity. They just don't. So Bill they Maher would be able her. to. Did he? That's yeah. Good. Friday night. He ripped her. Yeah. And I did see a lot of people on, um, was it, I think it was MSNBC where they called it a nothing burger or something. No, or that was, was uh, that was Steve Ducey on Fox. Oh, it was so, Fox. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was a liberal person. Never no. mind. But, but yeah, lots of people called it out. But anyway, I don't know why saying, she did this. I, I can't figure that out. If you have a good theory about why she would damage herself. Well, I mean, you have to think that everybody that worked with her uh, reviewed these documents and they all yeah. came to the consensus that this should be something that's hyped up. I, I think that, that, that they're so, flailing and they're just desperate for ratings and they really, really needed a viewer injection, and she, irrespective she, of what she, was going to happen in the future. As and far she as denied, happened. she denied hyping it up. She's like, I never misstated what I had. It's people's fault for getting too hyped up about it. Yeah, but you did oh. this dumb teaser. They put a countdown on MSNBC, like a clock countdown. Are you they, serious? I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And they, and then this whole, it was, it was way, it was all kinds of just, grand gestures everywhere so i don't buy that from rachel what all, a lying bitch god it was super weird i just don't get the thinking behind it uh but you were saying so this is the, the tinfoil hattery on who leaked this, this isn't from tinfoil hattery well, it's coming from everywhere by the way this might be the one position the one issue on which you have the same position as michael moore go for it <laughs> i mean i think trump leaked it we've got to look at like the wiretapping tweet and uh, last night in Sweden, things like that. You know, he has the appearance of being a buffoon. And so it lowers people's guards. And then he's able to do these brilliant tactical moves. This didn't happen accidentally. He didn't just fall into the presidency. This guy's a fucking tactical master. And I'm pretty sure he's a genius. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he had to know that like, he's like, oh, what idiot leftist journalist is going to hype this up? And then stake their career on it. Who hates me the most? Um, Rachel Maddow. But he didn't send it to Rachel, though. He sent it to this other guy. Oh, well, they didn't know it was going to be. I mean, how did she get it? Why was it on her show? Because that guy went to her and said, hey, would you like to put this on TV? Yeah. He runs a website. Hmm. But, but mm -hmm. to your point, I mean, to your point, it, isn't, it weird, isn't it weird that what was leaked is in no way damaging to Trump? at all it, it's pretty much to his benefit to be honest yet yeah, it was leaked yeah. to left-wing journalists Why? isn't it weird 
That is Isn't weird. It, weird? <laughs> it is weird, admittedly. admittedly. I mean, it I, just made him come out looking like, uh, you know, like he's honest and and like the left wing media is trying to destroy him. It was perfect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 it was. Uh, I I don't know. Let's put it this way. You were mentioning articles earlier. I I don't recall seeing. Um, maybe there was, but I don't recall seeing like a Huffington Post or Salon article like Rachel Maddow destroys Trump with tax reveal. <laughs> no, everybody's kind of like. Ugh. Yeah, I think oh. um, you know if they're even if if they're off the bandwagon, which again maybe they're not, but I just haven't seen anything that suggests that they were praising it. Yeah, you're probably in trouble. Uh, and I don't look. Is it tinfoily to think that Trump did it? Maybe, but kind of the burden's on me if I'm going to say that to give you a better explanation. I'm not sure that I have one. It, yeah, it, I mean, I have no proof at all. No. <laughs> this is totally unverified. Yeah. I have no reason to think this besides that Thank it was clearly going to be a good tactical move if you think it through from start to finish. Before we got to fake news ourselves again. <laughs> we'll be back yeah. next week with fake news. <laughs> Another yeah. retraction at the top of the show and soundbite about how we're fake news. Well, I just had to do the WNBA dunk one because that's it any any chance I get to make fun of the WNBA, I'll take it. Anyway, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here because we got. Um, I think we should like pick to a through. few topics. Let's let's can the Germany censorship. Ah, all right. Well, we can. Um, that was we that were was gonna your, talk about that was your um, baby though. Yeah, that's cool. Can um, you do we it? Gonna- can you do it in like two minutes? Sure, sure. Because I, I think mean, it's something people should know. Computing Forever about. has a great video about this. But in Germany, they're introducing legislation that would fine uh, Facebook, Twitter, other social media sites 50 million euro, 50 million euro for not taking down what they perceive as hate speech within seven days. Um, so this is proposed legislation. It hasn't been enacted yet, but it would apply to Twitter, Google, Facebook, Microsoft. Um, since they all signed on for the EU demands regarding anti-hate speech laws. So they would all be subjected to this. Um, and additionally, this is what really pissed me off about this and why I want to talk about it. Employees of these companies, if they didn't do their due diligence and start flagging appropriately, will be subject individually to 5 million euro fines. Employees Jesus. of Facebook and Like Twitter. employee negligence in deleting social media posts? <laughs> in not deleting social media posts. Well, yeah, like, yeah, you didn't do, you weren't sufficiently... <laughs> uh, proficient in in deleting hate speech on Facebook. Yeah. And computing forever made a really comprehensive 11 minute video about this. So check it out. We'll uh, drop it in the description, but he pointed out that these are life ruining fines. And if you can't pay them, what's going to happen to you? You'll go to jail. So this is just authoritarian government. Like it's so transparent. And I I was just watching that video. Like, Oh my God, I can't even believe this. I mean, because the, well, to, to move on quickly here and transition, the article that gave me a rage vein this week, I sent it to you and I know I shared it on Twitter, but it was this Politico opinion piece that said, leader of the free world meets with Trump because Angela Merkel is now the leader of the free <laughs> world. And it said that she's the West's last best hope. That is insane. Angela Merkel is the West. The very person that wants to drive a nail into the heart of the West is the West. Fucking Politico. Yeah. The, the West's last best hope. It was an opinion piece written by... um. A former Hillary staffer, so it's oh, not. That's it's, real I don't. Special. I mean, it, it's <laughs> an editorial. It's not. It's not like Politico is is necessarily fair all the time either. They're the same people that said Trump said that vets with PTSD are weak and things like that, which was just a total bastardization of what happened. So they've right. they've been on, and they of course were uh, caught in some of the WikiLeaks stuff colluding with them. 
Democratic operative. So it's not like they're free of their bias, but I just want to be fair. That's not like it was hard news from Politico. It was an opinion piece, but it was just an absurd opinion piece that really right. drove me up the wall. Where I'm going with this is, and to link into our previous talking point of, is Trump incompetent or just like a masterful uh, a masterful genius? That's the debate that everyone always has on these things. Masterful genius. Yeah. Well, that's the, and that's the question about what happened with this meeting between the leader of the free world and Donald Trump. It's, it's a handshake gate. So it looks like, did Trump snub Angela Merkel or did he, was he just kind of having a senior moment? Maybe you and I will disagree on this. Let's watch the tape and see where we stand. Someday. Come on, YouTube. Let's try again. Send a good picture back to Germany, please. Make sure. Okay, so the question is, was that intentional? Sure it looked intentional to me. But he shook her hand on several other occasions. Yeah, but was it when people were like, shake her hand and wasn't in front of a giant group of people? Yeah, maybe. But it kind of... He probably was trying to smooth things over. That was a clear snub. It's hard to tell. Even his face to me is debatable of like... is he Did you see of, what he was doing with his hands? He, he could tell. And then you could tell that she knew that they were asking that but, also. And but she he was also like, just kind of looks like an old man who can't hear to me at the same like posture as well. This is all, it's all a tactic. <sighs> Quit underestimating him. He's always pulling through. He's kicking ass and taking okay. names. Should I, um, I, I, if it was intentional, I, I don't know. I kind of have a problem with that. People might be pissed at me, but I, uh, I'm sorry. I think you, I think as the leader of, of Oh, uh, diplomacy, we have to be diplomatic I, with people you, that are destroying Western. You don't cultures. have to agree, but I just, I think we should show her a certain level of respect. That's why? Like, why? Why does she deserve shit? What are you talking about? All right. I'm sorry. Head on a spike for Merkel. <laughs> Who's joking? We'll go to go to war with Germany again, or you're a cock. That's basically, uh, <laughs> that's the position here. And I don't know. I mean, the, the other thing too, is it's strange. Uh, Trump has, if you watched, who was it? The leader of Japan. I forget what the title of the leader of Japan is, but he had this extended handshake with the leader of Japan that was like way over enthusiastic. So the question then is, well, I don't know. I mean, he's not that we have any issue with Japan, but it seems like when he does do these handshakes, he does them very enthusiastically. And then in this case, uh, he refuses. All I'm saying is just like, how about just a normal one? You don't have to, you don't have to be really enthusiastic, but no, but the okay. whole point was to snub her publicly. Yeah, maybe. This was know. a symbolic snubbery. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's totally possible. I, I, I don't know that the evidence is clear enough either way. So, and right. it's hard to say, too, because you, you can hear all those reporters saying, handshake, handshake, and then she, she leans over and goes like, would you like to have a handshake? But it's possible. She totally I mean, said milkshake. Milkshake. <laughs> yeah, the best milkshakes from Germany. But it's <laughs> it's hard to tell because depending on where the mics are in, in the room and everyone's shouting, it might not have been as easy to hear everyone as, as it might be on that recording as well. I, that looks like a really clear, deliberate snub to me. All right. All right. We'll let the people decide. 
I, I don't, I can't have a firm conclusion on that. I don't think the evidence is clear to me. So I think there's, I think you can make the case either way. Let's keep rolling through. So I have, oh my gosh. Um, we got four more topics, but I, maybe we should cut one or should we just go quickly? I'll go quickly through Amy Schumer because we should mention that for last, uh, for, as a, a way to conclude last week when I talked about her special. But she's back. Uh, Amy Schumer is back. I mentioned that, um, so we, I ripped the show last week and said it was basically the worst piece of stand-up I've ever seen, and I stand by that opinion. Um, but Amy Schumer, um, apparently I wasn't the only one. I mean, I'm not going to claim that we influenced this. Maybe we influenced a few of them. But Amy Schumer says, um, <laughs> I love this headline, let Amy Schumer's kick-ass message to her trolls be your motivation today. Great. Uh, Amy Schumer says, I, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but it is basically like, I am so awesome uh, and I'm I'm so great. And the alt-right organized trolls to attack everything I do. They organized to get my ratings down. They met on Reddit to do it. Um, and then and then she also calls out the journalists for, for reporting it um, and tells them to do their research. Okay, yeah, so... Would have been cool if you did a moment of research before posting. The alt-right did this. What? You don't have evidence, though. Do research into what? Your, your unsubstantiated testimony? So, okay. it's not that your comedy was crap, Amy. It's the alt-right. She doesn't even entertain that, that, that she might just suck. She has no yeah. self-awareness. And then, but, uh, and th- this is kind of the, uh, the extension of this. People are wondering, is it a direct result or not? This week... Netflix changes their user reviews and dumps star ratings. So now it's simply thumbs up or thumbs down. And oh, that's um, special. How does she have so much power? I don't. Well, there's. Do we know that it was because of her? No. Is it entirely plausible? Sure. Um, the article oh, does mention on. it. The article does mention that it comes on the heels of her. Uh, of her Netflix special. After people flooded it with one star reviews, the alt right organized trolls, uh, which this entertainment weekly article references as well. So the other, and the only other piece I wanted to get to with, um, with Amy Schumer here is she's been, she has been accused now of actually stealing some of the jokes that she made. Now this isn't the first for Amy Schumer. Of course, she has been accused of stealing jokes from Patrice O'Neill and other people for a long time, but I was not aware of the allegations within this special. I did uh, take a couple clips from uh, a side-by-side comparison that someone assembled and um, I don't know where to stand on this. So maybe you can, um, maybe you'll be more hawkish on this than I am. Let's, uh, let's listen to these clips quickly. You ever black out when you're drinking or as I call it time travel? Yeah. Has anyone ever blacked out and been awake when they've come out of it? It's kind of cool because it's like you're a time traveler. You're just like back in your body. Like I like it when a girl tells me where to come. Don't like it when a girl tells me when to come. Instead of doing that, why don't you just tell us where? It's make us feel better, especially if you're aggressive about it. I like when a girl goes, wow, come in my face. <laughs> my boyfriend usually comes in me. He usually comes in me, but sometimes you want to mix it up, right? You got to have fun. We'll be having sex, and then he'll ask my favorite question. Where should I come? But it doesn't have to be that, that wild or explicit. That's a, look, all the man wants to know is that you're interested and that you're participating. You can say anything, he'll be happy. Say, oh, oh, come on top of the television. All right, fine. <laughs> the weirder the place, the better. Oh, come in my fishbowl. Damn, fishbowl. Where should I come? As a comic, I want to fuck around and be like, in this jar! And just like... 
So what do you think? Oh, that Stolen last one was no? pretty bad. I mean, it's definitely a theme in her work. Yeah, I do think that's a consideration because when I when I watch these and don't consider that, I think mm, they're kind of both general topics. I could see people arriving at that same joke. They're not. I mean, all direct- the originals were funnier. Oh yeah, for for sure. Um, but you know, like blackout time travel, I could see two people arriving at that. that this, Maybe uh, that one, but the coming in different places, that was pretty specific. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I mean, like you said, there is a history there. It's not, it wouldn't be the first allegation. So God, I cannot believe how fat she got. This is, it's, <laughs> it's actually shocking to me. I mean, she looks like the bloated corpse of her body from 10 years ago. <laughs> she does. She must have gained well, 50 pounds for We were real. talking about this before live because I did mention last week. I was like, yeah, I don't think Amy Schumer was ever like dropped dead. But certainly she looked no, better but- um, with less weight on her. And people did send me uh, pictures on Twitter and I was like, uh, Did you see that yeah. one of her with Steven Crowder? Oh, yeah. I've seen that debate. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, she, looks, it's- she looks so much. She looks like she's half the size that she is now and kind of yeah. had a cute face or something. I mean. Eh. Yeah. Well, uh, relatively. Certainly. Compared to, compared to present day. Yes. I don't know why that makes me so mad. It shouldn't make me as mad as it does. But. The the stealing or the... No, that she's so fat. I already know she stole jokes. Well, I, I just I'll feel like it, you're famous. Get it together. Well, I'll say it again. I personally wouldn't care. The reason I care about her body is because she tries to make us care about her body. Yeah. I really don't care. I'm not anti-fat. I, I want people to do and be whatever they want to be. But if you're going to tell me that I... If you're going to make jokes at the expense of it, for one, then I get to comment on it. And if you're going to tell me that, like, I have to think it's beautiful, then that's um, that's another area in which I think I have the right to comment. So and she's always accosting us with information about her vagina and stuff. It's like, yeah, if I have to know this information about you, can't I make other assessments about how you're gross? You're always telling me how gross you are. (laughs) Okay. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, I shouldn't say speaking of gross. Speaking That's of a bad gross. transition. It's, I don't know if it's gross. It's just, um, every, it is gross. Well, okay. I know what so, you're going to say. And I hope, how are you feeling by the way? We're five minutes past, but I think we can, the last two are really quick. I think we can get through all of these. We can go with a little bit of an extended show today. If you're cool with that. Yeah. Um, I don't even have to pee. I drank my Coors Light. It's mostly gone. I don't even have to pee. So I'm good. Um, but this, so. It, oh, it wait, Miss Malevolent just donated $5 to us. Thank you. Oh, ooh, thank you. I forgot about Super Chat or whatever. That Super Chat. I think she's the first one, actually. Somebody did on Wednesday, but, but I forgot. Oh, we, we've got to be sure to thank people who do. Uh, that, that's your job. Do better. Hey. Okay. <laughs> uh, so every week, this transgender slope keeps getting a little bit slipperier to me. And the stories I have this week are... Um, I don't, this is what's weird. This is what's strange about them is they seem so weird to me, but it's like, well, if you accept transgenderism as a normal everyday thing, these shouldn't be weird yet. They seem incredibly weird. So is it that we've gone too far in accepting this as something that is entirely normal or am I not, am I, have I gone, am I too far to the right now where I go, okay, let's, it's a little bit weird. I, I do want to preface these stories. These, the people that we're talking about here, your camera's going crazy, by the way. It's like changing what? color and stuff. Really? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. You're like under the sea now. We got a bright blue blonde. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll deal with it though. <laughs> the thing I wanted to qualify with this, this people, the, the cases we're going to talk about here, I don't think they're advocating policy change. So this isn't really a, a political debate or issue. It's just sort of um, kind of an interesting social issue. And I, I don't know. We'll just talk about it. But I don't, I don't, I want to say I don't ha- actually have that big of a deal 
with these people because they're not advocating some kind of policy change that we're all supposed to get on board with. It's just sort of um, how weird do we let lives get before we start going too weird. Too, too, too weird. weird. I pride myself on being a cultural libertarian, but this is pressing the point where I'm like, yeah, the authoritarians have a point on some things. So, um, anyway, I'm teasing this more than Rachel Maddow at this point. I need to get to the story. <laughs> I'm bearing the lead. Uh, so here's here's the first article. Then we got some clips. Uh, people have probably seen this story. Um, oops. So Detroit mother and son transition to daughter and father together and there's there's a picture of them this is the mom on the left before her current transition and the quote-unquote daughter who's actually a son uh, on the right there Uh, the story is that in september 2015 um go away ad uh cory mason's uh story was everywhere so cory mason is the transgender um son here Uh, her mom posted a video online of her getting hormones estrogen transition to a female now 18 months later erica mason is making a similar transition. So I've got some video, uh, a video explanation of this from, from uh, people magazine with some, uh, some words uh, over it. let's just take a look at some of the pictures here. What's going on. I can't get YouTube to load up. It's taken forever. It's going everyone, for me. everyone in my neighborhood. Oh wait, I gotta go back. It wasn't planned for me. Everyone in my neighborhood, I think is on the internet right now. It's a rainy day here. People need to go outside. <laughs> okay, uh, mother and son transition to transgender father and daughter. The scoop from people. Okay, so what do we got here? Formerly mother and son Eric and Corey Mason had been uncomfortable in their bodies for years. I was always sad, angry all the time, and I didn't know what to do about it, Corey says. Corey came out to her parents in 2012 at the age of 11. Uh, but Eric delayed his transition another three years. That's formerly that's formerly mom i wanted to do everything to make sure uh, her transition was smooth and everything was in place that's the new picture of her in 2015 eric finally came out as transgender to his husband less we'll get more on that in a moment he started taking testosterone and underwent surgery to remove his breasts oh my god a year later my biggest area of dysmorphia my whole life from puberty was my chest eric says uh, Eric and Corey say they're happier since coming out as transgender. We're better people and have better relationships with our families. Okay, so the weirdest the weirdest thing in there, several um, points of weirdness, the weirdest thing in there to me uh, is dysmorphia. She describes her breasts as dysmorphia, uh, meaning an abnormality, a deformity, some kind of mutation. Nope, uh, you're a woman. You have breasts. Now... Are you free to remove them surgically if you want to? I guess. I don't really have a problem with that. Not, I, again, not a medical professional, not a lawyer, not a medical professional. Dysmorphia seems like a term that should not apply to that. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, I don't even know where to start with the story, Skag. It makes me so mad. <laughs> well, the, the part that makes you the most mad we haven't even got to because she did an interview with 60 Minutes, the mom did, in which the mom's husband, how do we even say this? His husband now chimes in. And I, I mean, this dude, this dude, well, hey, uh, my wife is, is chopping off her boobs and uh, she's going to become a man now. And my son has become a woman and I'm sticking with my wife, but now I have to call her my, her, my husband, but it's not gay. 
It's definitely not gay. Gag <laughs> and I out. had a frank conversation no, about No, we will. Oh, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because I'm going somewhere with this that I want to figure it out. Let's check out the interview. <laughs> so many questions that come up. So this is after transition now. And uh, she and her husband are going to comment on it. We'll make you happy. I don't have the answer to how I know. I just do. It only changes Eric's appearance outward. It changes a lot more for Eric than it does for me because I don't have to have surgeries. You know, I, I guess I'm, I was fortunate enough to be born with a brain that matched the way I, I identify. I don't have to go through all the years of torture and wondering why. It's been 16 days since surgery. I'm just thrilled. I'm ecstatic. I just can't wait till I'm healed and, and I can walk around with no shirt on on the beach this summer. I just, yeah, for me, this is freedom. This is freedom for me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts on that before I have one more little bonus story? That's I mean, related this guy's cucked, right? Like this counts, right? I, I, okay. I, I'm going to try to put myself in his position where it's like you have, he's got a child in this situation. I can understand wanting to stay together at least for the sake of the child. No, it's divorce time. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess. I don't know what you do in that situation. However, he was also, you know, part of the decision making process, presumably to give, uh, to give, hormones to a, like a child year old at the time or something. So, you know, I mean, he, I, I can't imagine that he resisted actively. I don't know I, what I'm, the, my hesitation here is I don't want to intrude someone else's private personal life too much when they're not doing anything to me and they're not advocating policy change that would affect me or any. So, but this pushes that limit of it. It's like, okay, transgenderism is totally normal if we accept that premise. Uh, which increasingly more people seem to. Now we have this weird family where the mom is the dad and the dad is the dad, but it's not gay and the kid is a girl but was a boy. And Do you know what this proves to me? Hmm. That this is a hereditary mental illness that has been passed here through conditioning also from the mother to the son. Hmm. You want to tell me that this, these two things just happened independently? Yeah, it just happened. This no, these where, are people with serious mental illness. This is where it's starting to get interesting because the bonus story that I have is is related. This is actually back from September. But um, but the, we're starting to basically entering the realm where there's kind of families being built on this basis. Um, is this the world's, this is from the Daily Mail in September. Is this the world's most modern family? Man who used to be a woman gives birth to a baby by woman who used to be a man. And oh my God. Several Are you trying to make here. my head explode? <laughs> well, there's one quote. I don't want to spend too much time on this story. People can check it out. I'll link it in the description if you do. Um, they initially announced the news of their pregnancy online, having conceived naturally as neither one of them has undergone lower body surgery. And they keep referring to the dad as the mom and the mom as the dad. And it's like, no, two people who do weird stuff. A dude banged a chick and the chick got pregnant and gave birth. The dad didn't give birth. Why are you saying that? The dad did not give birth. That's not what happened here. Man who used to be a woman gives birth. No, no, no. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> and they're the, they're the first trans couple to conceive in South America or something like that. They're just, they live a weird life and a dude impregnated a chick. There's nothing biologically significant about that. I, yeah. I don't, <laughs> okay, so you teased that we had a very serious... The, it, it, look, if the CIA, um, you know, it's CIA or NSA or whoever, you want to get, um, here's a pro tip. When you, get, when you get the DMs between Blonde and I, the part you want to cut to is where we talked about these two stories behind the scenes. Because we, we decided, are we going to talk about this on the show? Maybe it's too weird? No, we got to talk about it. Okay, I mean, do you want to pose the question or should I? Well, okay. So you're in a relationship with someone, you know, you're having normal sex. You've been married. Normal sex where one person is a man, one person's a woman. And then, whoa, that woman wants to be a man. So how does your sex life change? We got into some, some gross aspects of this. Right. So your questions were like, what do they do? But, and yeah. second, my question is, and this is my broad philosophical question. I use kind of uh, Caitlyn Jenner as the example. Here's my uh, philosophical question of the day, Philosoraptor meme, if you remember that one. Is it possible for Caitlyn Jenner to have any sex that is not gay? Wow, I'm stumped. If, if Caitlyn Jenner, I mean, obviously, if Caitlyn Jenner is with a dude, that's pretty gay. Yeah, yeah. If Caitlyn Jenner bangs a chick, but she identifies as a woman, and we must, she's beautiful and strong and brave. Isn't that lesbian? <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a, there's a gradient here. Like some of it's more gay than all I'm saying is it, it, it enters this weird world where it's all gay. Again, let me clarify. Doesn't, not, I don't have anything against these transgender people. I don't have anything against gay people as people. <clears throat> I want them to live the lives that make them happy, but we are entering this world where weird stuff is getting really weird. And I, I'm all for doing what you want to do in your life, but I'm not going to say, oh, look at that pregnant man who just gave birth. No, no, no. men don't give birth. Men don't and give birth. And if Caitlyn they... Jenner has sex with anyone, it's gay. Simple <laughs> as that. Simple as that. Oh, man. So I guess when you take hormones and you're a woman, you're transitioning to a man, it just gives you a giant clitoris. This is, I, I was reading about this online that's, after we that's talked. That's real? I, you mentioned that, but I thought you were joking. That actually no. happens? Yeah, and I've heard, I, I don't know, I okay. didn't go into too much, you know, this, too much research. as graphic as the show will ever get, but what is gigantic? Like, like this big? Like tiny penis size? Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes they'll like take skin from other areas of your body and like fashion a little, a wee, a wee penis out of it. And I think you have to pump it, you got to pump it up. To make it erect. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Full, can't it's say way enough. easier to transition from man to woman. Fully support the rights to be weird, but we are testing the limits of weird at this point. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> and we're, we're, they're so brave. They're so brave. What? What? This is a child. This child could have just been like a normal gay person. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's what's, I guess what's noteworthy about this to me is like it, um, Wow, the chat's hilarious right now. <laughs> well, it's probably among the weirdest conversations we've ever had. But, um, you know, Milo often says that he um, he sort of regrets the normalization of the gay community because he liked it when it was, like, sneaky and rebellious. And it was like, you know, you went and you'd go blow dudes on blow, dudes on blow in the bathroom of, like, some... Yeah. 
some um some shady bar or something and now you know now our guy, like our guy dave rubin you know clean cut family man uh like it, it's been kind of um like the gay culture has entered that white picket fence uh, golden retriever type family setting. And, and Milo kind of regrets that. Are we sort of seeing the same thing with the transgender thing? I suppose that's the natural extension of its acceptance is it enters this kind of that picket fence, golden retriever family setting. That's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess, but I just, I really worry about raising kids in this context. Yeah. I really yeah. worry about that. Yep. And Blair White talks about this a lot. Um, so refer to her channel about children and dealing with transgenderism and she thinks that you should wait until you're 18 to take hormones. Okay. Um, ooh, let's see. I just got a couple quick things. So assuming you're done on that, that's the conclusion of the weirdest conversation we've hosted on this show. Yeah. The sound bites from that are going to be we didn't get too tremendous. Bad. That's not too bad, but do send me your thoughts. Actually. I'm genuinely curious. Like how do we classify these things? Caitlin Jenner, which way's gay, which way's straight. I want to know. I am curious uh, people's ideas on that. Cause I don't know how to classify any of it. It's just, it's just weird. It's all weird. Oh, we also got a $20 donation from proletariat. It had a question in it, but we do not have time to get through it. We oh, gotta... We'll save the question because we will, t I can take it on. We should take it on Wednesday's show for sure. Where did or, it go? I can, I'll be able to see it later. Can um, you? Okay. I don't yeah, know anything about this super chat thing. I sound like my mom. Yeah. It saves them. <laughs> uh, it saves them in my account so I can look at it later. So don't let me forget it. That's proletariat. You said, uh, yeah. Thank you proletariat for supporting the show. And we will answer it uh, on Wednesday. We will take questions on Wednesday. Thank you. Um, we talked last week about this weird theme emerging from CNN where they keep cutting feeds. I remember Bernie jokingly called them fake news. They cut him. Uh, that that guy, Paris Denard or whatever his name is, um, called Don Lemon fake news. And Don Lemon cut him off. Another one happened this week. Another one happened this week. Did you see this? It was... Um, uh, uh, John King said his name on CNN. I think anyway, didn't we just do this like last week? Last or week, the week but we got a new Jeez. one. That's why I want to play another one because this is a theme that's coming up now. So Donald Trump is talking to the quote vic, quote unquote victims of Obamacare, uh, and it's a live feed from the White House. The fact is, Obamacare is a disaster, and by and I say this to the Republicans all the time: by repealing it, by getting rid of it, by ending it, everyone's going to say, "Oh, it used to be so great." But it wasn't great. With that, I'd like to introduce some of the folks, and you could say a few words about your experience with Obamacare, and perhaps the press will even report it. Our rates are three times they were before Obamacare started. Uh, we have one provider in our county. We have very little options for what we can and cannot do. We're a small business owner. We're actually not a brick and mortar. We are cattle ranchers. We can't afford our equipment if we're paying these rates year after year after year. Our food source is in jeopardy because of this health care law. It's my basic. <laughs> I know. Okay. Just lost the tape there from the White House. The president had a listening session at the, in, the, in the White House. So victims of Obamacare, as he put it, people telling their stories, their difficulties. With Just lost the tape. Like, what? This is Whoops. what I don't... That's what I don't get is like, um, 
why, if you didn't want to feature that content, why would you feature it at all? You know that it's Trump's meeting. It's prefaced on the concept that Obamacare is a disaster. Of course, it's not going to have kind things to say about Obamacare, even if there are kind things to say about Obamacare. So why would they even host the material if they're just going to kind of cut it off weirdly? That's what I can't and figure I out. And I reject the notion that CNN has five times as ma- the number of technical difficulties that we do. Oh, yeah. Well, I was joking on Twitter. Like, <laughs> we kind of said it before, but it's like, hey, CNN skype we use skype it's great free software uh haven't had a connection drop yet <laughs> on a uh, residential um residential internet connection in uh, <laughs> you know middle of a uh, wilderness area yeah not not really wilderness but kind of it's just weird it's weird behavior you can't figure out why they're doing it that's if if they want to be kind Lost of selective the tape is that what he said yeah and it's weird like it's kind of given the impression that it's a live feed but on it it said moments ago giving the that implies to me that it wasn't actually live it was just very recent and then he said lost the tape and you don't usually refer to a live feed as tape you kind of you'd say unless you're over 60 or something yeah i I don't want to think about it too much but you know i'm just going to keep monitoring these because i find them very interesting it's just so strange that they do this because like Rachel Maddow, I can't figure out why, like if we assume that it's not technical difficulties and it's a strategic decision. Okay. But I just don't get the strategic purpose. If you don't want to talk about Obamacare as a disaster, just don't talk about just it. Don't why talk would about you, it, yeah. yeah. Why insert a little bit? Maybe then, this is one of the real ones the where they lost the tape. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll be asking that question forever. Okay. Then, uh, the last bit I have for the week is um it's my favorite clip of the week honestly <laughs> did you see this so on saturday i didn't live, i wanted to leave it for the okay, show so this is great so on saturday night live um alec baldwin plays trump of course and they did this weird skit where aliens were invading earth and they're trying to get president trump to come up with a strategy and he says oh well i know that the aliens are already here and they are basically uh, they they are shapeshifters and they look like humans and they're here among us like what, where did you, and what he says is he looks at the black people, Leslie Jones and one of the other stars and says like, they're the shapeshifters. And they go, no, I'm not. And then they figure out, oh, he's talking about black people. Oh, we see. No, no, that's wrong. Well, where did you hear this? I heard it from Alex Jones on Infowars. It's totally legit. And then Alex Jones in patented Alex Jones. I mean, you can imagine how Alex Jones reacted. So let's check out the Saturday Night Live clip and then Alex Jones reaction on his show. In the year 2018, aliens from the planet Zorblat 9 landed on Earth. They did not come in peace. I actually heard the aliens are already here. They've been hiding in this country for hundreds of years. It's a fact. They're shapeshifters. They look like regular people, but they're aliens. Look, there's one right there. What? I am not an alien. Yes, she is, and so is the woman next to her right there. Oh, okay, no. Sir, where are you getting this information? From a very reputable source. What, the FBI, the CIA? Infowars, it's a radio show hosted by Alex Jones. You know he's legit because he's always taking off his shirt, okay? Alec Baldwin thinks he's a tough guy. I challenge him a million dollars to charity he wants to get in the ring with me. Bare knuckle. You coward. You think you're a tough guy messing with little cameraman people. You freaking bully, you coward. I hate you. My listeners hate you. And remember that scumbag forever. (laughs) 
We're going to defeat this anti-human scum. We're going to wreck their world. Oh, I was just joking when I said I'd break Alec Baldwin's back. Or neck. <laughs> I meant that metaphorically. Just like it's a joke when they say that I told Donald Trump black people aren't humans. How dare you? Oh, I know you feel sorry for yourself when I make a statement like that. You'll probably be in the news. Alex Jones threatens Alec Baldwin. You can't get up there and say you learned from me that black people aren't humans, asshole. Excuse me. Delay that. <laughs> I'm just getting sick of these people. I, I really am starting to get tired of them. Okay. I, I love Alex Jones. I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, now, now you've done, gone and done it. Now you've created a soundbite. I do. I think he's hilarious. And so he just, I, yeah. Well, I, I, the only other piece of context, I was putting this together and I saw something from either Alex Jones or Infowars that said Alex Jones apologizes to Alec Baldwin. I'm not sure if that was tongue in cheek or if there is, an, if Alex Jones has walked back what he said. I, I just want to be clear about that. I, ha I haven't looked into it. I'm just looking at this clip from entertainment purposes and hoping that that fight would actually occur because that would be amazing. Oh now, my God. <laughs> I'm kind of conflicted. Pull me over if since you're Miss Alex Jones here. Pull me over because I'm kind of conflicted about where to stand on this. On the one hand, I think anybody and everybody should be subject to ridicule on Saturday Night Live. I wish they would be more politically balanced in their angles, of course, and it's not particularly funny to me, but Saturday Night Live should be able to make fun of Alex Jones. That said, Alex Jones is right. It, the claim was Alex Jones told me that black people are aliens. No, and the thing is, like, I could see why he'd be pissed about that, too. It's not even based on anything Alex Jones has ever said. You think of, like, Sarah Palin as Tina Fey when she said, I can see Russia from my house. Like, that was an exaggeration of something Sarah Palin had funny. actually said. Yeah, yeah. This is just pulled out of nowhere and is just like a dig at Alex Jones with really no factual basis to it whatsoever. So I can kind of see where Alex Jones is coming from, too, and getting that pissed off. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like and he does have the fire running through him anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah he took uh, some of those supplements. He definitely had some before the show. Super male vitality. It makes he, him sweat too. Yeah. Wiper's blah, blah. Yeah. So it's been Alex Jones's year though. I just want to repeat that he's been saying this vault seven stuff for like a friggin' decade. So we can all lay off Alex Jones. Okay. <laughs> Everyone lay off Alex Jones. It's turning the freaking frogs gay. I wish I had a great uh, Alex Jones impression, <laughs> but I don't. You know who does, though? I was listening to um, Amazing Atheist on Joe Rogan's podcast from this last week. And was there was a bit in there where Joe Rogan was doing Alex Jones. Ooh, spot on. Spot nice. on. Um, amazing Joe Rogan, Alex Jones impression. So I guess my question is, should I be 100% team Alex Jones on this? Or do you That's think that there's should. any legitimacy to America. what Saturday Night Live did? No, it never is. They're always pulling things out of their ass. And my biggest problem with that, I'd be fine with it, actually, if they, if they were funny. It wasn't very funny. I mean, well, I, I will admit, I did laugh at the part when I first saw it. I did laugh at the part where, and, and she's an alien too, and she's like, huh? Oh, yeah, no. I did, I did laugh at that because it was reasonably clever. Now, is it a bullshit accusation? Of course. But it was at least, as far as Trump is racist jokes go, I thought it was one of the more clever ones in a while. Let's put it that way. But it's well-treaded territory. It's not, it's not new. It's not edgy. It's not creative. They need to get back to when they, they were starting to be funny during the election season when they had Tom Hanks on and they had that hilarious racist Jeopardy. Um, yeah, that was that? pretty good. And and yeah. if you go back, there was a time when I thought the debate, the, after the first debate, I thought that that uh, reenactment of that was, was uh, the spoof of that was reasonably funny too because I thought Kate McKinnon's Hillary 
was decent. And I thought they did a decent job of taking jabs at both candidates. Now, since it's <laughs> uh, fairness in jabs has not become SNL's forte. But in any case, I just wanted to feature that uh, clip because Alex Jones's reaction was priceless. And uh, if nothing else, just appreciate the entertainment value in that. This is a half hour bonus show. 50% more podcast for these people. My gosh. I know. Let's wrap it up. I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I really got to pee. Well, I do. You know, I'm actually getting there too. So um, we will call it there. Um, thank you to our live viewers and live chatters for hanging out for a little extra time tonight, shitposting away and keeping us honest while we try to maintain sincerity. And a big thank you to those who chose to donate on the Super Chat. This is our first Super Chat donations ever. So thank you for um, helping us keep the show going. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and if you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform afterwards on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more of the show on the podcast audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts. You can find us. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. And you can always email us. I want to hear your thoughts. Is it possible for Caitlyn Jenner to have straight sexual intercourse? Email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday I'm sorry Chuck Todd nobody watches that crap everyone's tuning into the pressing questions here it's not meet the press it's beauty and the beta we will see you then I hope <laughs>